We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, Pacer Nation, what's going on? Welcome back to another episode of Setting the Pace. Today, I'm going to be joined by the one and only Michael J. Focci. Focci. We had some really exciting stuff happen today on Twitter. Oladipo gets traded. The Pacers get Karis Levert. But at the same time, we also are here to talk about that Pacers-Warriors game from last night. So where do you want to start? Yeah, I'm going to pump the brakes on the game from last (laughs) night because we had some massive news. I could not believe it, Alex. It came absolutely out of left field. Instantly, I was no longer able to work anymore. All I could think of, my phone was getting flooded with text messages Everyone's saying, Oladipo, Oladipo. I couldn't believe it. We're searching everywhere because it looked like it was going to be more than just Levert. And it's a second-round pick. And, hey, I'll take it. But, whoo, Alex, I did not expect this, nor did I ever think that Oladipo played his last game as a Pacer. Man, that's what's crazy. Like, I, in the back of my mind, had thought the Pacers might revisit these trade ideas come around the trade deadline. But who would have thought last night James Harden going off (laughs) – uh, after the Rockets loss to the Lakers would involve Victor Oladipo being traded. And I mean, it, it's just so crazy to think about. And then of course the Pacers get Karis LeVert. Now this is a name that we talked about multiple times in the offseason as a guy that we would like to get in return for Oladipo. And I remember every time I talked to anybody, they'd say the Nets will not give up Karis LeVert straight up for Victor Oladipo it will not happen. And I know it did not happen that way, but literally all the Pacers had to give up was Victor Oladipo, and they got back Karis LeVert and a second-round pick. So this is a win for the Pacers, and I, I think the first thing that popped to my mind is Victor was making around $21, 22000000 million this year. Karis LeVert only makes sixteen point two. So you're going to save money. The Pacers were over the luxury tax. They make that deal, so they don't have to worry about that now. Now they have a little extra wiggle room to play with that MLE. And so, yeah, Fachi, I am, uh, I am all in on this trade, man. I am absolutely jacked up because you got to think 
Levert, someone who, A, I already wanted to begin with, but we talked about it. It, it seemed like it was going to have to be a much bigger deal. But the fact that Harden's included, it, it worked out. You rarely are the Pacers involved in these type of moves where we're an extra team in there. And it was so surprising. I absolutely love it. You know, Levert, he's younger. He signed through the next few years yeah. at, you know, next year, 17 and a half million. The following, 18.8 million. I mean, that's going to create the ability to re-sign a guy like TJ Warren. So to be able to do all that stuff, I'm so excited right now. I, I was not, I can't say it enough that I was not expecting this at all. But hey, I, you know, shout out to Vic, because look, I don't want to make this just about, you know, all right, he, you know, he's gone, you know, whatever. He he was a model citizen for the last, you know, few weeks. It seemed like he was saying all the right things, doing all the right things. He looked healthier on the court. And I don't think that we would have been able to make this deal if Vic didn't look similar to how he's looked in the past. So I think it was kind of like everything just worked out. But one thing I have to point to, the fact that Levert had the draft day Pacers hat as he was part of that Thad Young <laughs> trade, it comes full circle. Uh-huh. Now, if only we could bring Kawhi Leonard in, right? <laughs> no, that's true, Fach. And I want to say that too. Like, you know, Victor Oladipo, this was a guy we talked about all offseason. We wanted to trade him. We thought it was the right move. It, there's no way you could bring him back on this roster. After everything that was reported about him asking to be traded to different teams, like this was a legit thing. Like, it's like, there's no way that I can envision Oladipo you know, not butting heads with these guys in the locker room. And instead he, he came in, he was great. He was professional. He had some really good moments. We saw that monster Tomahawk dunk. I think it was against the Suns on Saturday. And we're like, man, Victor kind of looks like him, his old self again. Like we're getting really excited about Victor had a great performance against the Pelicans. <laughs> That's in its overtime. Like Vic was having some vintage Vic moments and we're like, Hey, this guy's back. And it kind of like you forgot about all the offseason stuff in the back of your mind. You might have thought about it, but it's like, man, Victor's just straight out playing basketball. And it was great to see him give the ball to Brogdon to take the game winning shot. Like everything about it was just like circling around to Victor being a great team player. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) Wednesday in the middle of January, the Pacers end up trading Victor Oladipo in a trade package that has him go into the Houston Rockets. Like, I never would have envisioned this happening, especially at this moment, like maybe closer to the trade deadline. But like today, I'm, I'm, I'm getting slammed at work. I'm busy. I don't even have my phone on me. I'm about to leave and realize, oh, I don't have my phone. I set it down somewhere while I was working, went to grab it. And my phone is just blowing up with notifications. I'm like, what just happened? And I see a tweet that says, or a text that says, Oladipo got traded. I'm like, and I think it was from you actually. And I was like, oh my gosh, like what just happened? But yeah, I'm, it's still surreal to me. It's been about 45 minutes since I found out the news and I'm still trying to sink it all, like let it all sink in, Botch, but I just can't wrap my mind around it. It's just weird. Oladipo's era as a pacer is over. If people simply, if they people still wrote notes on paper anymore, which is you know, becoming a dying act, I would have torn it up completely because everything that I plan on talking about on today's show, it, it almost went out the window <laughs> when this trade happened. Yeah. And I, I felt like I was a, when I heard of Harden getting traded, I felt like I was a child and maybe my brother got a new toy, like first birthday, and he was getting all the attention. I couldn't believe it. And then at the end, it was like, oh, yeah, and here you go. Here's Karis Silver. And I couldn't, and all of a sudden, I was thrilled because <laughs> I started looking around at the East going, oh, my God. You know, it's like just when the Pacers are playing good basketball, you know, the, the Nets now, they get hard and they look so good. Like, what are we going to do? You know, are we going to look to make some moves at the deadline? This is a huge move right now that 
you can keep this core together. I mean, the Pacers got even younger, but Levert, I mean, this is a guy who he's playing the best basketball of his career, basically right now. And he's doing it with guys that demand a lot of touches. You know, you're Kevin Durant, you're Kyrie Irving's. And, and I feel like the fact that he's still putting up career numbers shows this kid's going to be really good for the Pacers. And I'm really excited about it. Yeah. And I guess we should go back and kind of go through the whole entire trade. So it ended up being a four team trade. The Houston Rockets get Victor Ladipo, Dante Exum, Rodian's Curix, three Brooklyn first rounders, one Milwaukee first, four, and that's in 2022, four Brooklyn first round swaps. So they got like four picks and four swaps for James Harden or three. No, yeah, four picks, four swaps for James Harden. The Nets just got James Harden. The Pacers get Karis Levert in a second rounder. Then the Cavaliers jump in on this trade. They get Jared Allen and Torian Prince. Like, that's not a bad little pickup there, basically, for just giving up Dante Exum, who just got hurt, and the uh, Milwaukee first, I believe, they own. So it's it's kind of a surreal trade. It's crazy to see the Pacers make this move. But the Nets get a lot better with James Harden. I don't want to spend too much time talking about that because <laughs> James Harden and Kevin Durant have chemistry together. Kyrie Irving has been a headache in himself. We'll see what happens with him if he stays, if he goes, like what they do. But um, still losing losing Jared Allen is a big loss for, for the Nets' low post game because their best defensive player now is DeAndre Jordan, and he is completely washed. So mm-hmm. I think that there is some weaknesses still to this Nets team, even though they've got some really good players. But at the end of the day, Fachi, when you compare Oladipo and Levert's numbers, it's very similar. And our friend Corey Waldron had a great tweet comparing both of their numbers this season uh Oladipo 20 points per game Lavert 18.5 points per game Oladipo 5.7 rebounds Lavert 4.3 rebounds assist Victor 4.2 Lavert 6 uh, assists per game then at the steals it's 1.7 for Vic and 1.1 for Lavert as far as percentages goes Victor is 42 36 and 73 while Lavert is 43 35 and 76 so it's almost like an identical player if you're looking at the statistics alone. Obviously, they do different things. Obviously, they're totally different players overall. But statistically-wise, like you really couldn't get much better for a guy that's you know, on an expiring contract, and it didn't seem like he was going to be a part of the Pacers for the long, long term. And that's the thing right there. What you just said, it didn't appear to be part of the Pacers for the long term. I have all faith in the Pacers front office that – they had an idea that Vic probably wasn't going to take a penny less than the max. He wasn't going to resign early and it was still probably up in there. If he was going to resign period, I believe that they did their due diligence and to be able to get a guy like Levert, who, as we talked about is under contract for the next few years at significantly less money. It gives this Pacers team options. I mean, you're for production wise, Vic is the bigger name here. Yes, he is, but we talked about it before. I mean, we actually we haven't talked about it, me and you, but Vic hasn't played in back-to-backs in over two years. Yeah. I mean, there that's who knows when he will. To get a guy like Lavert, who sure he's had a little bit of his own, you know, injuries or whatever. I'm I'm very excited for the upside that he can continuously get better and take that next step. Where for Vic, it kind of, you know. Not to, you know, not to be that guy, but it kind of felt like 2017, 2018 was probably his ceiling. He was all NBA, you know, all NBA defensive first team. It's, it was a great year and to the odds are probably stacked against him to be able to top that production where Levert, it feels like he hasn't hit his, his ceiling yet. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, Levert, he's kind of been in a weird situation. Like, 
you, you look at the Nets before they got Durant, before they got Kyrie, they were a young team that was rebuilding. And this is a little bit of humor here, but think about it this way, Fachi. The Pacers traded away Karis LeVert to the Nets for Thaddeus Young, if we recall, on that draft night trade. So instead of sitting on the bench under Nate McMillan, where he doesn't really develop young players, you send him away for three or four years with Kenny Atkinson, get him some true development, then you trade back for him once he's fully developed and put him in a roster with Brogdon, Sabonis, and Turner, and hopefully Warren soon after this foot surgery. You know, and that's a little bit of a joke on McMillan's inability to uh, you know, develop young players. But at the same time, that's, a, that's another way you can look at it. Like he's been with a really good really good team and a really good coach on developing. And obviously with, with getting Kyrie and getting Durant, like the touches weren't going to be there. So now he comes to Indiana. He's not going to have that number one overall player role. But at the same time, this could be similar to when the Pacers traded Paul George for Victor Oladipo and Demonte Sabonis. Like Sabonis was kind of the throw in. No one really thought he would be the guy that he is now. Like we thought, Oh, he might be a good backup center, but Nobody thought this guy is going to be the face of the franchise in four years. We thought, okay, let's see what Oladipo can do. I think that's where Karis LeVert comes in. This is Brogdon and Sabonis' team. Obviously, Miles Turner has been the longest tenured pacer. You got TJ Warren. He can fit right into that shooting guard position. Doesn't have to do too much, but at the same time, he's got the, 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 the skill set to really help this team. So, honestly, like – I. <laughs> I'm excited for what he can do with the Pacers, but now it's just a matter of when do we get to see him with the team? And it's gonna, there's gonna be a little bit of a bump because that chemistry Oladipo already had with the players that he's played with before was a real thing. It was there. You saw it with Sabonis already this season. So now Sabonis is gonna have to deal with trying to develop that chemistry with Karis LeVert, but we know Sabonis is a great team player. I don't think it'll take too long. I don't think it will either. And I love the fact that you can bring Levert off the bench. You could put him in the starting lineup. Either option, he's done both. He's not going to be opposed to to either one. Uh, where I don't think he's coming off the bench, Fodge. You don't trade Oladipo for a guy to come off the bench. Oh, I mean, I'm more than fine with him starting, but you were not going to bring Oladipo off the bench. That wasn't going to happen. So I feel like you at least have that option now. But Levert, I believe, should start. I mean, come on, if your competition – Right now is really, you know, Aaron Holiday or, you know, I know Edmund Sumner played great, you know, the other night, but, you know, Levert, you could easily plug into that two guard spot right away. And I love his ball handling situation. I mean, in, in the bubble, I know that Brooklyn team was pretty gross. Yeah. Above all, Levert was their playmaker in every single asset, uh, every single aspect of the game. He was putting up, I think he had 15 assists in that game one against Toronto, I believe. So that's a guy who he can really do a lot. I'm beyond thrilled. I love the idea that the core of this Pacers team is all signed for, for basically at least the next few years. I know Warren will need to be re-upped, but between Brogdon, between Turner, between Sabonis, you know, between Levert, they're, they're signed for the next couple of years, and I, I love that. Yeah, no, he was great in the bubble. And that's the thing, like his stock had risen so much. That's why Pacer fans were so excited about him. Like I remember so many Pacer fans, every time we did a Oladipo fake trade idea, like throwing out these different scenarios, everybody kept saying, oh, that's never going to happen. But one idea that we kept coming back to from fans was Levert for Oladipo. And I remember I had Michael Grady on my podcast. It was in the middle of the COVID season. Um, it was really starting to spike a little bit here in Indiana. I actually had COVID. I was at home. I did not feel that bad. Thankfully, I had a very mild case of COVID. 
But I had Michael Grady on on the show, and he was like, "It's going to take a lot more than what the Pacers, you know, uh, what the what the proposed offer was for Victor for Kara straight up." And you know, this is a guy that I really just think is going to help this team. I, I I think he's a great character guy, somebody that's not going to mess with the culture. The culture is a big thing. Like we we talk about it. Like the Pacers right now are seven and four. I think they're fourth in the Eastern Conference, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of teams right up there with that same seven and four record. I think Boston's in first place because they've had a couple of postponements. And so the percentage is a little bit higher, but right now the Pacers are playing and clicking on all cylinders. And I think when you bring somebody like Karis Levert into this, it might throw off the chemistry a little bit. There's no doubt about it. You might get a couple bumps in the roads because there's some law. You get some losses because you're still trying to establish that team chemistry that this team is going to have to figure out before the playoffs. But it's early enough in the season. We still have 60 some games left. I believe 60, 61 games left together for these guys to figure it all out. And when he plays, will it be on Thursday against the Blazers? I really hope so. They need him to play because <laughs> that's going to be a tough game against CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard. But at the same time, you know, Nate Bjorkren, I think he is a fantastic coach so far this season. We've seen a lot of great things from him and you get a young guy like Lavert. Um, injuries are, are those a bit of a concern to you, Foch? Because he has had some injuries in his career. Yeah, he has. But honestly, when you're talking about Oladipo and his injury history, it kind of felt like I would rather have Lavert's injury history because yeah. I want to say that Lavert had, I believe it was like a fractured ankle uh, about two seasons ago. So he's had some lower body things, but that ruptured quad tendon is such a specific and rare injury. That I mean, we just saw Kawhi Leonard, I think, just played in his first back-to-back in over three years. And Vic's at now the two-year mark. So it's like, who knows if he plays a back-to-back this year, let alone, you know, that could be someone that you're always going to have to rest. I don't think that you're going to have to rest Lavert in any situation now. Mm-hmm. No, and that's that's good, too, because... You know, injuries are injuries are one thing. I mean, he's had a right thumb surgery. He's had some minor ones. I don't think he's had any major ones that have been like the level of Oladipo. So that is a blessing in disguise. Don't get me wrong. But just got to, you know, hopefully monitor his minutes as well. Don't want to overwork him. I know that we've been talking a lot about that with Brogdon and Sabonis. Thankfully, we didn't have to worry about that um, yesterday in the in the win against the Warriors. But, yeah, Fachi, this, this trade is just – it's blowing up Twitter right now. I've never seen Pacer Nation so like excited. And who would have thought? Who would have thought in 2021 the Pacers would trade Victor Oladipo for Karis Levert, and all these Pacer fans would be jumping through the roof? Like, it's it's just crazy. If you go back in time and, and think about that game winner he had on the Spurs when he claimed this is my city, and then he had the game winner against Boston, a couple of them actually. Uh, the huge dunk against the Denver Nuggets. I mean, I just go back the the, the playoffs when he was going head to head with LeBron for seven games. Like you think about those great memories from that first year and you look at it today. It is funny how time and, and how things change over time, Fudge. But all I got to say is like great move by Kevin Pritchard to make something out of Oladipo before he gets out of here for nothing. I do not question Kevin Pritchard because in the end, he, he knows what's best for this team. He knows the situation. Guys, look, there was a time where we all absolutely loved Victor Oladipo, and I'm, I'm, I want to thank him for everything that he brought to the Pacers. I think that there was many, many highs. Unfortunately, injuries robbed him of, of the bigger picture of what we were looking to accomplish. But 
this is a business and you have to do what's best for the team. And in that instance, this trade was best for business. We got younger, we, we saved money and Levert can continuously grow with this team. This Oladipo situation, I think was going to hang over the Pacers for the rest of the season. When you got closer to, to the trade deadline, would he be moved? Would he be moved? Maybe he will, maybe he won't. When you got towards the end of the season, what's going to happen? Is he going to resign? It's one less distraction that's out of there. And I think that this team was already fun. I think they got even more fun to watch, and I cannot wait for that. Well, Flashy, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll kind of look at how Karis LeVert fits in with this Pacers roster and just kind of how we envision him being utilized with this team. So let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. All right, everybody, we are back. We're going to talk about Karis LeVert's fit with this Indiana Pacers roster. So, Fachi, um, looking at Karis, Karis LeVert's numbers and how he's played, you know, it, it does seem like he can play off ball, he can't play on ball, but where do you envision him sliding in with this rotation and being utilized? I do envision him as a starting two guard on this team. I do. I think that it's someone where we're going to need Brock to give Brogdon a break at times, and I feel like LeVert can handle that ball, that ball duty right there. Like, I, I think that he'd be great over there. I mean, for a guy already averaging six assists, I mean, you'd feel good knowing that you know, Brogdon leads this team at seven and a half assists. Mm-hmm. So I think that whether he's running, you know, being like the lead guy in a second unit, you know, it could be ball handling. Uh, I think that there's a lot of options over here um, for Levert. And just I'm just overall just pumped to see, you know, sure, you're not going to get that same defensive backcourt of Brogdon and Vic that everybody dreamed of, of being, you know, the top defensive backcourt. But I do think that Lavert is someone who can still get better defensively, but also offensively is just a, a really good young player. Yeah. And in 12 of the 12 of the games they've played this year, he started in just four of them. And I think that's when, when Kyrie Irving went out with his uh, personal reasons and everything that's going on with him right now. But over the last two seasons, he was averaging about 18 and a half points. Uh, the assist numbers are great this year at six. And so maybe utilizing him at the second unit as that ball handler could be beneficial. And maybe you could see some early substitutions for him. Not sure how the Pacers and Bjorkren are going to utilize him, but I do think that Bjorkren is a guy that knows how to get the best out of his players. And I mean, just looking at it from last night's game, Aaron Holiday has been struggling all year long, goes out there, closes the game, has 14 points, 12 assists, and was a plus 19 for the night. I mean, Aaron Holiday was a guy that Pacer fans were just kind of over with in a sense. Like, they were frustrated with him, and they're like, I think Sumner's better. But, you know, overreactions are the best thing, best things about sports, right? But at the same time, you know, I, I look at Karis LeVert, three-point shooting-wise, he's not great. Like, this mm-hmm. year, he's averaging – he's shooting 35% from three. Like, that's not terrible, but it's got to be better. Victor was struggling a little bit as well from the free throw line he's a 77 percent free throw shooter so that's good um i want to see him get to the line though more than he has he's only getting to the line about once a game only 2.8 attempts and that's something the pacers really need to work on and i i know we saw oladipo with that massive that massive dunk against the suns on saturday when he tomahawked it down like you see that athleticism we're gonna have to see if a 26 year old karis lavert can bring that to the table now that is something we did not bring up either, Fachi. His age at 26 fits perfectly with the age 
of this roster right now. I think Brogdon might be the oldest of that main core. Justin Holiday is obviously the oldest, but Brogdon's like 28, I believe. Sabonis, Turner, they're all around 24, 25 years old. So perfect, perfect time to, to join this team. And he was a, an older first round draft pick. He got drafted at the age of 22. So really he's only been in the league for five years. This is his fifth year in the NBA. So it's uh it's, it's a good thing that the Pacers went ahead and snagged him because right now he's entering his prime. And if you can trade a guy that just came off of a quad, a, a torn quad tendon and, and get a guy that's in his prime, I, I think that that's a win. And on court, I think he's going to be really nice to Bro- uh, next to Brogdon. I cannot wait to see him next to Brogdon. Also another thing, when we're comparing, you know, Vic and Levert's numbers, sure. Numbers are numbers. You know, I know they claim, you know, numbers never lie, but at the same point, Levert averaging 18 and a half points he's doing it under 28 minutes so if you're looking at the way that Bjorkren's playing his players his starters there could be an uptick in minutes here there could be an uptick in production so you know Lavert could easily be someone that I could see him playing more than 28 minutes for the Pacers once everything gets going there so if you're willing to play Vic about 33 minutes coming off of his injury I think you can play Levert, you know, right around that same same 33-minute mark. Yeah, and, and I won't lie to you. We're going to have somebody from the Nets come on and talk about Karis Levert because they've watched a lot more than we have. And um, I'm going to try to get somebody on, whether to talk with me or you or both of us, because I think this is definitely worth getting into. Um, I, I've gotten some, some messages on Twitter asking me, how good of a defender is Karis Levert? And honestly, I don't really know, to be honest with you. Like, you can probably look at some numbers and look at some tape and figure it out, but – I just, I mean, he's got good size, so that's that's a plus. You know, he's six foot six, two hundred and five pounds, so he's not, he's you know, he's able to play both small forward and shooting guard. So I think he's a big enough guard that he can guard bigger guards. But yeah, I'm just, I'm just not sure overall what his defense is like. Fachi, have you got a chance to see him very much? Uh, only like watching the, the playoff games and stuff like that. Like I watched that whole Raptors series, and I just felt like. While, like I mentioned before, while that Nets team was gross, I mean, Levert commanded all the attention from that Raptors defense. He was their primary ball handler and everything, and and he really did impress me. While he did not shoot well in that series, it was just, you know, from an offensive standpoint, you knew that that whole – the whole offense was running through him. So from a defensive standpoint, like I mentioned, from from what I know, he's a – you know, you're, he's an all right defender. That's why I mentioned before, he's not Victor Oladipo. You're, you're not going to put him and Brogdon in there and be like, okay, this could be the best defensive backcourt. But I do think that he's very capable. I would love to hear, just as you mentioned, from someone who does cover the Nets to, you know, how he would grade out defensively. But I think you're getting a, a more than capable defender. And when you mentioned 6'6", six, six, you know, Vic's 6'4", so you're getting a couple inches over there. You know, Brogdon's already got good size for a point guard. So, hey, the backcourt got bigger. <laughs> yeah, and so because I'm a nerd, I went over to Reddit real quick while we're talking here, and I typed in this, Karis LaVert, a good defender, and a thread came up. So I'm going to read a little bit of this just so you guys can hear what it says. Um, it says he struggles to get around screens. It's been his biggest issue on defense since his rookie year. So keep an eye on, eye on that. He's pretty weak due to his lanky frame, so he does get a he does get beat a ton solely based off his lack of strength. So that's not good. Um, he's great at jumping, passing lanes, and getting steals. Something Victor Oladipo was really good at. Um, he shot forty six percent at the rim because of DeAndre Jordan's laziness. Uh, he would often go up for a layup with two defenders contesting the shot. 
With Allen, he usually has to be one man because Allen rolls hard in his gravity. So that kind of sounds like him and Sabonis could have some success there in the pick and roll. Um, he, they said pre-injury he was really strong and would guard bigger guys like P.J. Tucker, but he's lost a fair amount of strength muscle uh, while rehabbing from his ankle injury from last season. So um, they said generally he's a below average defender when he's guarding guys his height size. He's fine when he defends point guards. So there's a little bit <laughs> – of a breakdown, anything better than I would give you than <laughs> on someone who's actually watched him. So um, they say he's great with his hands. Um, he's big though. So he's not great around screens and stuff. Overall, I think if you put him on a high ranked team and he's a two to number two, number three on offense, I could see him being good enough defensively. So, you know, there you go, Foch. I mean, just people giving their thoughts that have watched him enough. And honest, honestly, I'd rather get someone that has that I know for sure who I'm reading, not just some bot on, on Reddit. But, exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, I think that they probably probably know more than any of us do who have not watched him very much. Or at least there's something to try to look at um, as you get closer to seeing him in the Pacers uniform. Oh, very much. I mean, you never know who that was on Reddit, but at the same point, it's not like they said, oh, this guy is a horrible defender. You know, don't expect much. Uh, basically, sounded like, you know, hey, in the NBA, when not a lot of defense is being played, it, it basically sounded like this guy could play some defense. He's not great at defense, but very capable. So I'll take that. Offensively, yeah. we know we're getting a very talented guy. No, there's no doubt about it. And I'm just... I'm just blown away by the fact that this trade still happened. Like I'm sitting here, like trying to find things to say about him. And I just, I just can't believe it. Flachi. It's unreal. <laughs> I just I'm can't st- believe I'm stunned. I really am because it's just like, come on, look, you, you know, the Pacers most of the time when they, they make the, the news or like it was in the off season, it wasn't for the best stuff. It was more like Victor Oladipo's comments and stuff. And while, like I mentioned before, thank you Vic for the time that you had. It was all, it was a lot of fun. I'm happy to be able to put that chapter to rest as we don't need to be worrying about, are we going to lose him? What's going to happen? This, this, and that. No. Hey, if this is the, this trade could have been a lot worse and it, we could have spun it in a way to say, Hey, at least that chapter is over. No, no, no. This is the start of something new and exciting. And for that, thank you, Kevin Pritchard. Yeah. And, and it's really, be, I mean, I haven't seen Kevin Pritchard make an in-season trade since he's been here because he hasn't. Like he's made a minor trade. I think that he traded for Nick Stauskas and somebody else from the Rockets to get a second round pick and immediately waved him. Like it didn't cost the Pacers anything. So really when it comes down to it, this was a gutsy move. This was a ballsy move because Oladipo was a starter. Oladipo was playing pretty well for the Pacers, still struggling with his shot. Wasn't fully there 100% athletically, but was still a guy that was contributing and looked pretty good in, in multiple games this season, even though it's only been – uh, I believe nine or 10 that he's played and he looked really good in the games that he played in. Even if he had bad shooting nights, there were still positive things to take away from his game. But yeah, Michael Grady, our, our guy, Michael Grady on Twitter, kind of not, he said may jump on Instagram live at five 30 to chat it up. So if you haven't already uh, you might see Grady on Instagram right now as we're recording this around five 30, but he said, Karis Levert and Jared Allen are going to tear it up in Indiana and Cleveland enjoyed every minute of covering these two he said it's really hard to put into words, and that just takes it right, <laughs> takes the words right out of my mouth because it is hard to put it into words. Like you're talking about Victor Oladipo. Like this is a guy. Like I had a buddy of mine that just actually sent me a text and said he just got a Victor Oladipo sweatshirt. Now that's probably a little bit on him. He should have known better that <laughs> Oladipo wasn't going to be here. My guy Landry, but hey, <laughs> I just 
want to say like it's it's not going to be easy for everybody because there are some massive Oladipo fans out there and this is going to suck because some Pacer fans didn't become Pacer fans until Victor Oladipo saved us from the horrible Paul George uh get me out of here trade request thing like nobody expected that so anyway Fachi I'm rambling right now no but Alex you made a great point because he did save us I'll never forget they had us picked to win I want to say it was like it was like 32, 32 wins that year when we made that trade. I remember they had their Orlando Magic significantly ahead of the Pacers. And that's usually where I draw the line of saying, whoa, put some respect on our name, all right? Because the Magic, they're always at towards that, that eighth seed or below. And when Vic came to the team in 2017, 2018, my expectations were – they were lower. I, I felt like we got – you know, a guy that was the number two overall pick that never really came into his own. And we got Sabonis. I was like, all right, let's, let's it's not going to be a good year. And it turned out to be one of the most fun Pacer years in recent memory that I think drew in a lot of fans. So that's why I want to say, look, while I'm excited for the future, Vic, like it, it, there were so many good times, so many game winners. I mean, just when it was good, it was great. And mm-hmm. at, at this point, it's okay to be able to move on because I think all Pacer fans would have been hurt if he just walked in free agency and we got nothing. And the Pacers are the kind of team where they cannot afford that. And the Paul George situation a while back, that hit me a lot harder when Paul George wanted out. I mean, it hurt. This, I feel like it was, it was handled a little bit differently and, and the Pacers were able to have the time to really probably do a lot of discussions, a lot of discovery on trades behind the closed doors. And when the right one came up, I think they took it. And for that, I, I applaud the front office. No, and I guarantee they talked to Victor and said, hey, where's your head at? And if he said, I don't plan on resigning here, like they probably had internal conversations. Like Kevin Pritchard came out and said, I talked to Victor every day. Whether that's true or not, whether it's GM speak, whatever, I'm sure they've had conversations. And they said, come out here, Victor, play your best, and we'll try to find a new spot for you. Now, look, he goes to Houston. Look, he, he could be really good at Houston. Like, they have John Wall, who's been playing really well. They've got P.J. Tucker, who's somebody that's always been a relatively good basketball player. They've got Eric Gordon. So Christian Wood. Christian Wood. DeMarcus Cousins, if he doesn't get thrown out of the game. So, I mean, they've got, they've got some talent there in Houston. What they do with Vic will be interesting. Will they throw him the max? Will they – want to extend him or will they look to flip him again this season before the trade deadline? I wouldn't rule it out. I don't know how that all works in the middle of a season, if you can retrade somebody, but don't know how many days he has to wait, but it would not surprise me if they did indeed make another move. And so now the Pacers look like a a really solid team. They they didn't really lose any position wise uh, areas, like anything position wise, like didn't have to give up a center or didn't have to give up a backup forward or anything like they just traded a player for a player. And so now it'll be interesting to see if the Pacers make any more moves. Obviously the name that was talked about all offseason was Miles Turner. Now Miles Turner is playing like the defensive player of the year. Don't really want to go down this rabbit hole, but just keep it in the back of your mind. Like if this is not, if they don't believe in the Turbonus duo, even though it's been productive, could we make another move? I mean, if the right deal's there, if another superstar wants out and there's somewhere they can get involved in something and it makes sense for the team, I don't think uh, I would be surprised if Kevin Pritchard did pull that trigger if it did benefit him and his eye. So that's the big thing. But last thing I'm going to say here about this, Fachi, Damian Lillard on Twitter got asked by a uh, by Randall underscore 317, what are your thoughts on Indy getting Karis? And this is from Damian Lillard. 
one of the best point guards in the league. I think he's going to take off now. So, Damon wow. Lillard, endorsement for Karis LeVert. If you're not excited, Pacer fans, that should excite you. That is definitely something that excites me because Damian Lillard, he doesn't he doesn't just go around giving respect to everybody. Clearly, he has respect for LeVert, and that goes a long way. And I, I'm telling you, I'm getting more and more excited as, as this episode's going on because it's endless potential. I mean, this is the young core coming together for years. I mean, we talked about it before, how it's just like this team. I mean, it went from being potentially too young to no, 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 no. This is what we want. They're going to grow together. And I just feel like, you know, even Levert's coming from, you know, being around guys like Kevin Durant. And I think that that can rub off on you in a good way. And I'm hoping also being around a guy like Kyrie doesn't rub off on you because at this point that could be a little bit rough. But I just think that, you know, he had that playoff experience last year. I believe he's hungry for more. You know this Pacers team's hungry for more. So I don't expect him to make another move. I think that at this point, hey, let's see what this core has. I know that's basically what we say every year. Well, let's just wait and see what we got here. But now we got to say it again because there has been a change. So let's just run it, and I think we're going to like the results. Yeah, it's, it's a good time to be a Pacer fan. A lot of exciting things happening. This team is good. They've got good players, and the future looks bright. So let's just hope our guys can stay healthy and we can get off the injury Indiana Pacers uh, meme that we keep having to refer ourselves to because I, I get tired of seeing that growing injury list almost every game. But at the end of the day, as Kevin Pritchard would say, this is a good basketball team. They've got a good coach. I said it. I think next year is the the big year to see how good this team is. But, man, Oladipo getting traded this early in the season was a complete shock. Thank you, Vic. I'm excited for Karis LeVert, Fachi. That's all I have left to say. I'm just excited to be a Pacer fan right now. It is a great time to be a Pacers fan. I mean, we got a winning record. The team looks like they enjoy playing around each other. I do now think that while Vic handled himself perfectly, came, worked hard, night in, night out, and allowed this team to facilitate a trade. Now I do think it, it, it's just like I said, there are no more distractions. Let's play ball. Absolutely. So, guys, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. If we miss on anything, we apologize because this literally is off the seat of our pants. We're just flying with it. And, um, yeah, just – not really sure how to overall respond, but we're excited to see what happens. So make sure you guys uh, download this episode, subscribe to our podcast as we cover the team for the rest of the season. Fachi's got an awesome pod coming out on, I believe it's, is it Friday, Fachi? Friday morning? You're going to yep. have a pod coming out. You got Howard Beck, I, if I'm not mis, uh, mistaken. You so are I'm not sure. mistaken. So Howard we'll, Beck is coming through. Howard Beck. So I think that'll be great to get his thoughts on this trade as well. And we'll recap. Hopefully we'll get some recap of the uh, the Blazers game. If Fachi and I can stay up late enough to record a little bit of a five to 10 minute segment <laughs> recap in that game. But overall, guys, it's great to be a Pacer fan. Like we said, follow us on Twitter at setting the pace three. I'm an Alex Golden NBA. Fachi's at underscore F-A-C-C-I. And welcome to Indiana, Karis. Welcome to Indiana. Let's go Pacers. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran. Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.